Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Priests for Life, welcome to our program. Well, you know, many of you probably remember that I co-founded the Silent No More Awareness Campaign, right? Which is the women and men giving their testimonies, but not just men and women who have had abortions, but grandparents, siblings, the whole family speaking out about their regret over the abortion. The power of testimony is very important, and we're going to talk now about what we want you to do to help spread those testimonies this January. So joining me is pro-life leader Frank Pavone. Welcome to the program. All right. Great to be here for another episode, and uh, silent no more. It's been 20 years. 20 years. And of course, like I said, you know, <clears throat> the power of these testimonies is so mm -hmm. good yeah. uh, for multiple reasons. The first reason, of course, is that if someone else is hurting from an abortion and they hear someone getting up there and talking about the problems that they had physically, psychologically, and, and, and express their regret, well, this person who sits over here and hasn't gone to healing yet and thinks they're all alone, they go, oh, that's me. I feel the same way. Right, and it can help right. them, encourage them to take those steps back to the Lord and get the forgiveness and the healing like with Rachel's Vineyard. And the other thing with the testimonies is maybe someone's got an appointment for an abortion. They hear that testimony. Because, see, they know it's a baby, but they think this is going to help them. They're concerned about themselves, you know, about their job or their schooling or whatever. But now they hear a testimony of all the damage that was occurred to this woman. It might stop them, right? Yeah, sometimes a father will say, you know, I'm basically pro-life, but I, you know, and he has in the back of his mind, however, that he wants that option of abortion available to his daughter. Right. Right. Just or in case, he, he, you know. Just in case. Or his niece. or And, and it's like... This can help them rethink that kind of a position, too. Exactly. So, wait a second. Why would I want to hurt her? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the testimonies have a, a great power. And then every January, I know it's only November, but we have to start to plan now for the March for Life. We've been planning. That's on right. On Friday, January 19th. And then the very next day, uh, January 20th, out in San Francisco, where at both those events, we have men, women, grandparents, siblings stand up with the I regret signs and publicly give their testimony, right? Mm -hmm. This has been going on for uh, 20 years. 20 years. And uh, we are grateful to uh, all the people that support us at both of those events. Of course, our friends at the Walk for Life West Coast, I mean, my goodness, they are, they make us an integral part of that event. We are on the stage before the main rally begins, right, right in the same place in that plaza, Civic Center Plaza in San Francisco. And we got a beautiful crowd there from all over the, basically right. the western part of the United States. Well, Nellie Gray at the March for Life. Oh, she made She it. is the one who made this an, an essential aspect of the closing the, of the, the march. The conclusion of the conclusion. march in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah, and we still go in front of the Supreme Court because actually right. we're across from the Capitol. <laughs> so that's it's right. like we're looking at the Capitol telling them the stories too. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, we're going we're gonna to do this again. Yeah, we're going to we do are. it again. So you know what, um, what I'd like to do is, uh, we have a nice clip that I have put together mm -hmm. of past events at, in Washington, testimonies. Okay. And, and what, cause what we wanna do is show everybody, give them the idea of, well, what do these women say when they get up there? Well, first of all, they talk about 
what what drove them to, to That's right. schedule that appointment? How did it happen? How right. did it happen? And what we see there is that it's not freedom of choice. It's no. the feeling that you have no freedom and no, and no choice. No choice. Yeah. Then the next part of the testimony uh, is that, well, tell us about the day of the, abo of the abortion. Mm -hmm. What happened? Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about inside the clinic. So the, yeah. the next part is the details of that actual experience. And sometimes they remember those details, and sometimes they don't. They don't. Right? The trauma has caused them to forget. Exactly. You know? And then the next part of the testimony, they talk about what it was like for them immediately following. Mm -hmm. You know, so many of them, their life spun out of control. They they began to drink, abuse drugs. Right. Uh, they, they broke up with the very boyfriend that they thought they were saving the relationship they brought the baby yeah. from. Sometimes they're <clears throat> immediately suffering right. horrific uh, regret. Right. Other times they just stuff it down so deep that it doesn't come up for decades. It doesn't. And then, of course, the, the last part of the testimony is what broke the denial where they realized the regret and they sought the healing. Maybe their sister had a baby, right? right. Something. A friend. Yeah, Maybe something. Maybe they themselves had another pregnancy. All kinds of things. Get. Break, and sometimes break. it's just, sometimes you can't quite put your finger on it. They just, it's like by a, by a tap of God's grace. Yes. They suddenly start realizing, wait a minute, this abortion has, has Affected, harmed me. Right? Harmed me, yeah. right. Well, I had put together this clip. So let's take a look now mm. so everyone can get a concept of what we're talking about. So let's take a look at the Silent No More testimony uh, clip. I felt I had no other choice and there would be no college or career in my future. I selfishly thought it was an inconvenient time for me to have a baby. I liked the life I was living, the job I had, and didn't want it to change. And I was a frightened 19-year-old who had become pregnant by a married man. I decided to get an abortion because I wanted an easy out. I wanted to save my reputation and not have to disappoint my parents or face the fact that I was pregnant and unmarried and that I had made a poor decision sleeping with a guy that I knew didn't really love me. I decided to have an abortion because I was scared and I didn't feel I could raise a child by myself. And I had an abortion because I was raped. I remember driving down the street and thinking this feels wrong that I'm driving to a clinic to kill my baby, but because it was legal, I thought it had to be okay. It sounds almost noble, doesn't it? I exercised my legal right to choose. But let me finish the sentence more accurately. I exercised my legal right to choose to have my little baby daughter brutally murdered, her tiny body ripped apart while she snuggled safely in my womb. this time I was held down by two nurses while another nurse inserted bamboo sticks into my cervix without anesthesia. And you know what it's like to go ahead and watch a woman get liposuction with that nice little thing that gets jammed in her leg? Well that's how it was. Except something like that was going inside of me. And what happened was I saw and felt my baby being ripped apart. Engraved in my soul is the sound of a vacuum and the smell of that death room as I was drugged and nodding off into oblivion. I remember vividly the sucking sound of the machine and the intense pain and bleeding. I lay there as parts were ripped from inside of me. I remember the sounds of the suction. When I got on that cold table with those bright lights glaring down at me, I felt like if I was going to die. As the procedure began, I started to dawn on me what, was really, what I was really doing. I was taking a life. The doctor said, why are you crying? 
He didn't understand that the emotional pain was more excruciating than the physical pain. I felt as if my insides were ripped apart by a machine that I can still hear sometimes in the quiet of the night. The suction abortion, there's, you're awake for this thing and it's just awful. It's just like your insides are being ripped out. I saw the bottle next to my right foot fill up with the bloody remains of my baby. When I woke up, I was bleeding terribly, in pain, ashamed, so empty and miserable. The abortion didn't relieve anything, in fact, it made me worse. There was no going back, this could never be undone. Immediately after abortion, I felt tired, empty, sick. I didn't know what abortion was, nor did I care. But my body and soul knew it was wrong. Afterwards, I knew what I had done was the wrong thing to do, but I justified it and pushed the guilt down inside me as far as I could. I would wonder every day about my child, and then I would crawl into the shower, turn on the water, and try to drown away my pain and sorrow, hoping God would take away my life because I, I didn't deserve to live. Immediately after the abortion, I felt cold and scared and alone, even though I was in a recovery room with probably 20 gurneys with other girls laying on them. I don't remember nurses even being in there. I just remember the weeping and the crying of the girls all wheeled into this big room and left there. I remember feeling like I wanted to talk to one of them about what had just happened, but we all just laid there silent until we were given orders to get dressed. We were all just children. Because of the physical damage done to my uterus from the section securitized abortion, I had to have a hysterectomy three months later. For 16 years, I was tormented with nightmares and intense suicidal tendencies. My whole life was just like living in a cave, like I had no way out. I couldn't find the light. I hated myself. I sobbed all the time. I stopped going to church feeling that I didn't belong. I went from being a bright and energetic student to just getting through high school and not going on to college. My drive for life was gone. And I le lived in a prison of secret shame, pain, and regret. My life spent out of control after that um, with failed relationships, drugs, alcohol. I had two failed suicide attempts, one with a, a where the gun jammed and the other where 98 Halidols just, uh, God had other plans for me and for some reason something that would kill most anybody didn't kill me. I finally found my way back to wholeness starting with the Rachel's Vineyard Weekend in New Jersey 10 years ago. Through the experience of God's unconditional love, acceptance, forgiveness, and mercy, and by attending Lumina Rachel's Vineyard and a Pace Bible study, I was finally able to let go of the shame, fear, anger, and sadness that imprisoned my heart for so many years. There is life after death that you can come from the prison of pain, shame, and regret, and here I live for it, and that is why I am silent no more. Praise God. Very powerful, isn't that? And it tells it, it, the it, story, it, right? You know, the campaign, you know, a lot of people, you know, before the Silent No More campaign got started in 2002, 
we had women exploited by abortion. We right. had various other groups that, I mean, it was evident right from the start that sharing a testimony about one's abortion was something that should be done by at least some people and could right. have a benefit. But you see how well this campaign organizes what that testimony is. I like That's the right. structure, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the people who've been through it, this is helpful for them because they've got all sorts of thoughts and memories and sometimes they don't know what should or shouldn't be uh, shared. This really gives them some good guidance. Well, and let's talk about the criteria to give testimony because if you contact us, first of all, you can go to abortiontestimony.com and you can view there a lot of testimonies. There's a search engine there. Uh, but if you want to go to our main website, silentnewboard.com, there's a place where you can register your regret. And what we do there, um, we take them through the steps of those five things we just said. Mm -hmm. And then there's criteria. If you're, you can first of all just go there and give us your testimony. Even if you can't come to Washington or San Francisco, this is an extra way to get your, your story out there. Sure, you're getting right? it out there online. Yeah. yeah. And then, then if you're going to come to Washington or San Francisco, then we ask you the following things, following criteria, because now you're going to stand up in public. And people, you know, with the phones nowadays and social media, anybody could be recording your testimony. And they are. And they are. Yeah. So what we do is we tell them, number one, we ask, what healing program have you gone through? And if they haven't gone through a healing program, then we direct them to find one. Because we do not want to exploit them like the abortion industry did. Well, that's never our intention. And, no. and, and, but then the fact of the matter is, though, that if someone hasn't gone through uh, healing... They're not ready. They could start sharing the testimony, and then they break down, and they right. they get hysterical, and they're unable to continue. You exactly. Know? Or they have a panic attack. Or I mean, right. you've got to be ready to ready do Ready to this. do it. Yeah. So we ask them if they've gone through healing. Then we ask them... Does your family know? So if you're married, does your, does your husband know? If you have children, do they know? Mm -hmm. And some people say, well, why do they have to know? Well, for goodness sakes. Well, again, you're standing, you're putting yourself out in public. You have to make sure the people that know you and love you yeah. know this, that they don't find out on social and media. And that you've, that you've gotten uh, a, a chance to explain it to them, talk right. with them about it. I remember a story, one of our friends actually, who, sh who shared her testimony many, many years ago. She told a story of that she was a media representative for a pro-life group, so she goes on television and she shares her story of abortion. So she gets home and uh, I think her husband is with her, some neighbors, and, and her little little child comes running across the yard from playing, saw, had seen the, the, the clip on TV, comes running across the yard, yay, yay, mommy's abortion, mommy's abortion. Oh, no. Yeah, so it's like, you know, sort of like a semi-funny kind of thing, but it, but it, it, it shows the lesson you're, you're saying is that you don't know who's going to see that. That's right. And how they're going to react. So make sure that you, those who are close to you know. are ready for are this. Are ready. Yeah, and yeah. you're ready. So mm -hmm. when you get to all those steps, now you're ready to come to either Washington or San mm -hmm. Francisco and share share your story. So I just want them, if you're interested, just send me an email at mail at silentnomore.com and then we'll be we'll get on the phone, we'll talk to you. And we'll talk to you about the the steps and see if you're ready. And if you are, we'll give you all the information because there's a block of hotel rooms we have. And you know, we kind of you know look out for you while you're there. We get of course. give you your sign and everything. So um, we really want to amp up more than ever before. Um, the number of women and men and family members that come to give testimony. Well, and there's reason for doing that. You know, in a time now like we have 
where there is no more federal constitutional right to abortion and where the other side is trying to make these state rights to abortion, which right. are just invented fake, uh, uh, fake things. They don't exist. And when the Supreme Court has said, hey, American people, have the debate. Right. We're not going to stop you from, from protecting these babies. Have the debate. This is a key part of the debate. What does abortion do to these women, right. these moms, dads, families? What does it do to them? You can't just go out there saying, oh, this is a right. Isn't this great? I have my freedom. Yeah, well, what comes after the freedom? Right. What comes after the choice? So it's, it's part of the debate. The voices are needed now, I would say, more than ever. Absolutely. Because their voices trump the political rhetoric that's out there. Right, the political rhetoric. Because right. yeah. this is not women's health care. This is not reproductive health care. When you hear yeah. the testimonies of these women, the physical damage and the psychological damage. I sat in the rain all day yeah. with the testimonies. So, oh, like yeah. you said, abortiontestimonies.com. They were all up there. I sat in the rain all day. I, I, I felt like an ant. I felt like a worm. Right. You know, they they lose, their, lose their self-esteem. They lose their, their zeal for, for, and for life. And some of them talk uh, about, they, and I still hear the voices of my baby crying in the night. In the night, in yes. In the night. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, some yeah. of them, when they hear a vacuum, uh, they'll say that reminded them of the suction machine. Or, or they see a hamburger with the ketchup right. you know, uh, on it, and that, that could and be a trigger. a trigger. People talk about triggers. triggers. They're all over the and place. And some of them avoid even going down the, the aisle in down, the supermarket mm -hmm. where they have the diapers and, and all the babies. Or avoid going down the street on which the abortion, abortion clinic, clinic is located. Yeah. Yeah. Which means, it's may, it may, this is why it, it's much more complicated when they have the abortion at home. You know, the, the other side abortion. thinks they're doing somebody a favor by doing mm -hmm. the do-it-at-home, do-it-yourself abortion. Well, now you're, 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 it's you're more when your own bathroom brings back to you all the trauma of that abortion, what are you going to do? Buy another house? Right. It's terrible. What are you going to do? Yes. So we do want more people than ever before to register with us yeah. and, uh, and let us know. We'd love to see you. In well, we want, yes. Well, well, two things here. First of all, those who many are watching now who know about the campaign, they may have even signed up for the campaign. What if they've never given their testimony before? They can they can call us and we can get them started in That's time. That's right. Just send us in an time email. for January. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Mail at silentnomore.com and give us yeah. your information and we'll call you and we'll get you hooked in. And yeah. now, if they have given their testimony, oh, we want before, you to come back. Come back. Come I mean, back. Some of them say, oh, I gave my test. I mean, some of them have given their testimony like ten times yeah. over the years. But when they do it now, the eleventh time, there are people. Most of the people that are going to hear it whether at that uh, event, a March for Life or the Walk for Life, or online, most of them have not heard it before. So for them, it's brand new. Right. So that's why we want you to, yes, do it again. But not only that, the women who have done it multiple times have always told me that every time they give their testimony, two yes. things happen. Number one, another layer is peeled away yes. of, of the trauma. They, they feel even more healing. And a lot of them will say, I do it in memory of my child. Yeah, of course. It's to mem mem memorialize their child. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, multiple times it, it, it helps the person too, plus the people who can You can it. never do too much of, of honoring your child. Right. Uh, now, the other thing too, we want to talk to the people that are going to be going to the Walk for Life West Coast on January 20th. I'll be there. And who are going to the March for Life will both be there on the 19th. Come and listen to the testimony. Stop. Of course, at the at, again at the West Coast Walk for Life. It's before the it's rally. Before the rally, right? So you'll be there anyway, and you'll hear it. 
at the March for Life, when you come by the Supreme Court, stop for stop. a few minutes. And, and listen, listen, to, come to closer one. in. There's plenty of come room there. Come up on there. the sidewalk, yep. plenty of room, and, and listen uh, to listen. a couple of And then what I always like to say, and I'll say it again at these gatherings this January, let's take our courage and match their courage. They took courage to share these testimonies. Now let's take courage ourselves to share those testimonies. That's right. Because again, they can go to abortiontestimonies.com. They will see them there and be able to share them in every single way possible. That's right. Well, thank you for joining All me, right. and we'll look forward to a terrific January. It's going to be good. Well, brothers and sisters, thank you for joining us today. And remember, if you want to come to Washington or San Francisco, send me an email at mail at silentnomore.com. Thanks for joining us again. And remember, there's going to be some abortions only you're going to be able to stop, and therefore some lives only you can save. Thank you, and God bless. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.